Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning. It's Monday, April 18th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and let's just start over. Good morning. This is Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. We are a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. And don't forget, you can follow me intra-week on uh, the Twitter at ETF underscore strategist or on LinkedIn, just Herb Morgan. This uh, presentation is available both as a subscription-based, where you get an email, you get the slides, the graphs, the, uh, the audio and the visual, or audio only as a podcast. You can tell your Apple or Google device to play Herb Morgan's podcast or play Slaying Bulls and Bears. Everything you're about to see or hear is designed for use with both investors and financial advisors. Of course, each are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing in this presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of securities. Everything is purely for informational purposes only. The accuracy, adequacy, and completeness cannot be guaranteed. We had a really interesting week last week because small cap and mid cap stocks um, varied, deviated from the performance of large cap stocks. You can see the S&P 500 here down about 2%, but mid and small cap stocks really, really gained speed. What we're continuing to see in the market action is big cap growth, which is mostly technology, underperforming or selling off, but smaller cap doing well, but also um, staples doing well. Things like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Procter & Gamble doing really well within the big cap space. We think this is because higher interest rates mean you have to discount differently than you would, you know, the future earnings you discount to get the present value of, of the shares. And because the big growthy names like Microsoft and Google and Salesforce and Amazon, because they have higher multiples, when you raise that interest rate by which you discount those future earnings, you come up with a lower current value for the share. We think that this is not end of days. We think this is simply a short-term readjustment to the reality of slightly higher rates and that this too shall pass And that again, leadership will come back to the big cap growth names. That's really in the end, kind of the name of the game. Fixed income was down across the board last week. Barclays aggregate bond index down eight and a half percent. So more than the S&P 500 for the year. So the safe, safe, safe bonds. And we're getting a lot of calls, by the way, from some of you saying, hey, I've got stocks and bonds, more bonds than stocks. How, How come I'm not outperforming? Well, it's because interest rates are going higher. The good news is we have been positioned with a shorter average maturity and a shorter average duration than the ag. So our fixed income positions, thankfully, so far, 
no guarantee of future results, have been outperforming this year. And we're also more heavily weighted in corporate than we are in treasuries. And treasuries and mortgage backs seems to be where some of that underperformance and fixed income is coming from because they have the longer maturities. Economic data last week, mixed to mostly negative, I have to say. And I'm, you, you all know me, I'm pretty much an optimist, uh, but there was some pretty negative uh, data last week. Let's start with small business optimism. Fell from 95.7 to 93.2, that was below estimates. And I just drew this red line here. That's the second lowest essentially uh, in several years. You have to go all the way back to really the COVID related shutdown to get small businesses to be as pessimistic or as light on optimism as they are right now. What does this have to do with labor hard to get, jobs hard to fill, input prices rising, inflation expectations, all of that coming into play, rising interest rates, et cetera, is driving optimism lower for small businesses. So that's a negative. We had a horrible print on CPI, but underneath the surface, there was some signs for optimism. If you follow the markets closely, even with this horrible print on CPI, we actually had a, a rally in equities that day. So what we have here is March CPI was up 1.2%, right in line with expectations. The year-over-year -year number, 8.5%. But as you look through it and look at the components, right, energy was massive. We all saw this at the pump. We're paying over $6 for gas here in San Diego. Uh, big, big, big component. But look down here. We haven't seen this in over a year. That is one of the components actually down. And that was goods, X food and energy. So goods, hard goods, essentially, were down in price on the month. And that was a sign of a little bit of optimism. That Because we know these energy price movements can be volatile, can really roll over. And if you take that energy, the green out of it, that's one, two, three months of declining there. Hopefully, that means, as we think, that uh, inflation, year-over-year -year inflation rates peaked probably in March. Another indicator that some glimmer. This is just glimmer. This is early days in looking at the <laughs> inflation data. The Cleveland Fed puts out a daily inflation now casting gauge. There's also a company online you can get called DotDat. They also put out a daily where they look at the online prices of a million goods, a million goods online prices. So they give you a real-time indicator. That indicator turned about a week ago and so did the Cleveland Fed's inflation now casting CPI. You can see there hasn't been a down month here to going all the way back to really the COVID-related shutdown months. So we did have this drop last week. Um, certainly, we have a long way to go, but that was welcome news on the inflation front. PPI, similarly horrible, like the CPI, up 11.2% year over year core of 9.2% year over year. Clearly, this is giving the bond market a scare, uh, the equity markets a scare as well. Import and export prices continue to rise. Import prices up 2.6%, 12 and a half on a year over year basis. Nothing pretty about that. Adding to the not so hot news last week, retail sales. Now March retail sales rose but that was, up, that was led by the nine, almost 9% 9 increase in gasoline sales, not because we're so excited to drive more, but because the price had gone up. And so that's 
really never a good sign. If you back out gasoline, retail sales fell three-tenths of a percent, not particularly good. Um, sales, it's electronics, clothing, leisure, general merchandise, grocery, they rose, but that was just because of prices, not because of quantity, not like a real increase or strengthening of the consumer. So really, you know, you look at last week, not so hot. Initial claims for unemployment, though, really strong, 185,000 up a little bit from 167. Anything below 200 says, hey, labor is in the driver's seat, can command higher wages, can command the benefits and the work environment, the things they wanna get. Continuing claims remain very, very low as well. We also saw another rise in business inventories. I'm not ready to say this is because sales aren't coming out the back end. We just had a one very, very moderately weak retail sales print, so nothing to conclude from that more that companies are continuing to make progress on the supply chain issues uh, and starting to build back their inventories from the COVID recession and the COVID forced shutdown. Consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan rose. Hey, we haven't had an increase there in some time. So we'll call that good news, got up to 65.7 labor market and wage expectations, making people feel a little bit better. Obviously, these, these declines had been driven by inflation, but now we're seeing to say, hey, well, wages are going up, so maybe things aren't quite as bad at this point as well. We got New York State manufacturing, which had previously had a very rough month in March, where it was minus 12 almost to 24.6. We thought that would have a big rebound, and it did, uh, and however, the future outlook of the respondents of this regional Fed survey in New York State was negative. Production and capacity utilization, uh, production rose nine tenths. This is all up and to the right. This is on the good news side of the ledger for the month. Capacity utilization also up to 78.3. Capacity utilization can get to close to 80 before it has start having a real significant impact on inflation. So we're not there. But uh, we're certainly doing way better than 65, 66 from the depths, getting back to definitely back to pre-pandemic levels of factory utilization output, et cetera. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper this week into this, this dichotomy that's happening in the stock market. Now, this is a graph. It's a five-year total return chart of two of the greatest companies of America. Over the last five years, Coca-Cola, white line has had a great return. It's returned 75% to investors in five years. Nobody's complaining about that. Dividends have been great, stock buybacks, earnings. It's a well-run company. At the same time, Microsoft, which is a high growth company, even despite its big size, that's what's amazing about today's economy versus the economy of 30 years ago. Um, the biggest companies are also the biggest growers, which is why they're not doing so well in the short term as they have to adjust for the little bit higher level of interest rates that we find ourselves in. But Microsoft returned 330%. Which would you rather own? Well, if, you, if you're looking at a long-term secular trend, which most investors are, five years or more, you'd probably rather own Microsoft. And going into the future, the reality is you probably want to own both but going into the future, which one's likely to have higher growth, higher margins, 
more dividend increases, I think it's reasonable to opine that it might be Microsoft. Yet, if you look at a shorter term chart, which is what we're seeing here, this is year to date. So this is just four months, or really three and a half months. The orange represents Microsoft down 16% for the year. The white represents Coca-Cola up 26%. This is an absolutely massive 40% difference in the two. Both great companies, both about to report first quarter earnings. Why would one be different? Well, this is just the market being efficient. The market says, okay, we have higher interest rates. So because we have higher interest rates, we need to use a different risk-free rate of return to discount the future earnings. Higher multiple and therefore higher growth stocks need to be adjusted downward more than lower multiple, lower growth stocks. But what's amazing to me is, not, is that they're not both down a little bit in the adjustment. The, the companies like Procter & Gamble and Pepsi and Coca-Cola are actually up and up a lot this year, which tells me that the market's not predicting this recession that everybody is so afraid of. I think the odds of a recession don't even get to the level of significance until well into 2023. And this is one of the indicators that all I'm seeing here is a rotation from the big cap growth names into some of the more uh, steady eddy names, let's call them, of like the Coca-Colas of the world. So interesting piece, uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, okay. Uh, what's going to drive markets this week? Well, we've got 66, almost 70 names reporting in the S&P 500. Um, we had last week 37, uh, or so far, mostly last week, 37 of the names have reported. On average, sales have beaten the estimates by about 1.6%. Earnings are beating by about 6%. And then this graph is the S&P 500 earnings estimate, the consensus of analysts. What we really want to watch for this week is does this graph turn lower? What will make it turn lower? If the companies, which we think the earnings are gonna be great, but if the companies say we're having trouble with prices and inflation, and it's gonna hit into our margins, and we, we then guide lower, then the estimates will follow the guidance. I don't think that's going to be this case this week, but that's something we should all, we are all watching and we all should be if we're interested in that. Data this week, housing market uh, sentiment already out this morning, Monday. It was a little bit below that 77, still a very high number. Tuesday, housing starts and permits. We're starting to hear anecdotally uh, mortgages, mortgage, uh, mortgage applications getting thrown out, being canceled because, hey, I applied, it was a four. Now it's a five, I can no longer afford it. Uh, purchase contracts being canceled. Uh, negotiations around, you know, an expired rate, uh, trying to get that renegotiated. We've got existing home sales Wednesday. Fed's beige book for the May meeting coming up in about three weeks. I think everybody believes we're seeing a 50 basis point rate hike. Uh, I don't see why we wouldn't, uh, unless something's happening crazy in the uh, in the credit markets. Jobs claims, Philly Fed, um, the S&P Global PMI. So this is the old market global, I guess it wasn't called global, but this is the US PMI from S&P Global and the services as well. These are flash readings for April. Okay, 
Don't forget, get us on the podcast. Give me the thumbs up and the like. Thank you very much for tuning in. If there's anything especially important that happens during the week, I will put it on LinkedIn, any cute commentary, graphs, charts, etc. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.